praise the Lord. Lift up your hands. Begin to thank the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your blessings in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. I believe the Lord has a word for us this morning that will transform our lives. Most of the time, the reason for God's word is not just information. I told you before, I said, people think what they hear in church is advice. There's a book come to church to receive advice. It's not. It's more than an advice. When you come to the house of God, what God told Moses was that whatever you receive, he said, it is your life. See, not just the information, but also an impartation. Then also, it gives you, it sets a tone for your life. And certain things, for example, there are certain things that the word of God says we should do. And you know that this becomes a vital part of your upbringing as a Christian. You know, God always helps us in choosing things to do. See, our value systems, God always helps us to choose that this is better than the other. For example, um, if a man saves a lot of money, if a man saves a lot of money, Forbes can put together his money, his assets, and say, okay, so this man is number 15 in the world, this is number 300 in the world. So Forbes is, is, is by the world system trying to show that, okay, if you save this amount of money, you become number this. But Jesus said something different. Jesus said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So immediately, God begins to show you new value systems and says that, okay, for you to know someone that is number 15 or number one, it's not one that has accumulated a lot of wealth, but he talks about people laying up treasure where moth cannot eat it. So there are people laying up treasure today that God looks at those treasures and says that this treasure that you have laid up, moth is eating it up. So God begins to give you a new set of value systems and a new way to see things. That's one of the reasons for the word of God. So someone getting born again is not enough. When you get born again, the next thing is God now begins to show you the way around in the kingdom. So when you begin to learn the way around in the kingdom, is is a new set of um, values that God begins to give you. All right. So last week I began to share on young and ready. Praise the Lord. I began to share on young and ready, and and I believe that message was a, uh, a blessing to you last week. Yes. So I'm sharing Young and Ready Part 2. All right. Young and Ready. Paul told Timothy, he said, let no man despise thy youth. Let no man despise thy youth. Let no man despise thy youth. Last week I talked about people who always... You know, look at this person. Oh, this person is bad. Oh, this person is like this. This person is like that. You see, the, the, the number of judges we have outside the court are even more than the people in the court. <laughs> Those who judge, they are more than the people who are even they are going to school to be judges. 
have so many judges outside. People saying that this one is like this, this one is like that. That church, bad people go there. This church, this kind of people go there. And this one, and someone can stupidly say, I'm not going to that church because they do this. Because of that, I'm not going to church. I feel that is one of the most, is one of the dumbest things ever said in the world. Because think about it. If you are good, don't you think you should be coming to help us? You should be coming to help us. So because there was somebody bad in the church, so you said you are not going to church again. I don't see where it, how that thing works. Because somebody has been poisoned with food, you will not eat again. You see, people are always looking for an excuse for their own negligence of God. For example, have you ever heard people, usually I see it on Twitter, so most of the time I, 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 I mention Twitter. Maybe I have to stop going on Twitter, so I'll stop seeing it. I know people talking on Twitter and say that, um, people who are giving their money to church, they should give it to an orphanage or, a, or someone who is sick or something, right? Okay. All right, so I did a little survey. Have you seen on Twitter, the same Twitter, to people post, um, this guy is going through this, we need this amount of money to help him. Do you get it? You've seen those ones too. So I now questioned one of the people who posted. I said, have you, have you received any money? He said, not so much. And I said, okay, I have seen this number of people <laughs> who are always saying that instead of us giving money to paying tight, we should rather give it to the sick. I said, DM them. <laughs> because if you don't want to, if you say that giving it to church is a problem, I think you should want to give it to this one. They don't give their two. Just so you know that it is the problem is not they giving people give it to church. They, you see, when someone is giving and you're not a giver, you're offended. No giver questions giving. See, you're offended. How, how did I know? A guy who was talking about giving tight. And I said, okay. He said, if he sees a beggar on the street, he would rather give to the beggar than give to I said, no problem. I said, do you know enough poor people? He said, he knows of her. And I said, every month, all your salary, give it to them. I mean, pre, the thing you are preaching, practice it. And then, when I don't know, you collect your salary and you go and eat your salary. You will not give it to the poor people that you are advocating for. I mean, start with yourself. So you see, People really are not concerned about the poor like that. <laughs> they are mostly concerned about how somebody's money is going. And, and another school of thought is, um, you know, for example, I, I just want to give an example. Let's say a church comes together to say we are buying our pastor a car. I'm just giving an example. Uh, so let's say this is church. All these people here are church. So, all the people here being a church, if the car is, for example, 100,000 Ghana City, you didn't give all the 100,000 Ghana City. This one gives some, this one gives some, gives some. So if you are supposed to be thinking, why are you now calculating everybody's money? Immediately you become a mathematician. Calculate, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one. When you add all together, this is what the pastor got. Why are you not rather thinking about you? What I gave out of the 100,000 is maybe 1,000. So all you should think about, if you don't have an evil eye, all you should think about is, okay, I gave 1,000. But you are now calculating everybody's, why are you not a witch? <laughs> so many schools of thoughts about when people are lambasting the things of God, you should know where they are coming from. Young and ready. We talked about, and, and let me tell you the truth. Anybody, okay? This is my personal experience. When you have a good pastor, you even want to go and carry your house and give it to him. 
This is my personal experience. Sometimes I'm just there. Like, I want to buy something for you. Because when you have a very good pastor and you love your pastor, and you, you see, words cannot quantify. I have never shared food in this church. Have I shared food in this church before? Water. I love you, I've never shared water before. I share with you is what I'm doing right now. Yet, the way it is transforming people's lives, they wish they'll buy me a jet. Yes. It's transforming their life because the true need of man is spiritual. The true need of man is spiritual. So, so you know, they tell me they feel like they want to do something for you. Like, it happens to me with my pastor. When I look at how, I was telling some people, I said, when I came to jet, I Thing. I didn't know the difference between Corinthians and Chronicles. I didn't know anything. As I started sitting down, as time went on, God started giving me influence. Man, why would I be grateful to somebody like that? Someone said, someone said back, who doesn't have a pastor? I said, you poor, give me money to pastor. You don't have a pastor, because you don't know them, the value of a pastor. We are still on young and ready. Now, how many of you have ever, have ever heard that um, like we, um, a man must seek God. How many of you have heard that? A man must seek God. So there is a, a realm where a man seeks God. Right? A man seeks God. Um, Jeremiah said, he said, then shall you find me when you seek me with all your heart. So we, we are on some sort of, even though God lives in us, for the lack of the youth of a better word, we are on some sort of um, search. All right? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, the honor of kings to set it out. We are on some sort of search because when we know something about God, we, we come to church again and we know another thing. So we are on some sort of search and seeking of God. Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. So we, have, uh, we, we, we come to church, we worship, we do different things, and we are on some sort of search to know more about God, to get closer to God as it were, to, to be more intimate with God. So we are on some, some sort of search, seeking of God. How many of you agree with me that it is easier for two people to date when the guy is looking for a girl and the girl too is looking for a guy? It's easier. Am I right? But when you meet a girl and, for example, she says, I'm not interested, I'm not ready. How many of you agree with me that you, all the guys, it will take more effort because you have to first of all convince her to want to date before you now convince her to want to date you. How many of you agree with me? Is it, am I right? No, I want to hear the guys' voice. The girls, I'm not asking you anything. The guys, am I right? Uh-huh. So when you are, see, when the girl says, I'm not ready, I'm my age, I'm not ready to do anything. You see that you, you, have, to, you have to beg, you have to say many things. To beg, I am ashamed. But... But some of you have been begging. I'm not part. Some of you have been begging. You say, please, please. If she says no, you say, please, please. Now, because your vibes have finished. So now, please, I beg you. And some ladies out of compassion say, okay. But some too. You'll be begging and saying things. Things that are not real. I'll wake, up, I'll wake you up in the morning. I was saying for you to sleep every night. Saying things that can only last one month. You are more than a politician. <laughs> so there's the search, the search of a man for God who, who only realize that place of equilibrium when he also finds where God was searching for man. Because in the Bible, there are four. Major times that Bible mentions that God was searching for a kind of man. So if a man is in search of God, and God is in search of a kind of man, it is easier for them to meet at that point of the search. So four major times that the Bible says that God was searching for a man. The first one is...
2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, quickly. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Are we, okay, is it? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. You see, he says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world to show himself strong. So the, God's eyes are searching for someone whose heart is perfect toward him. So God is constantly on a search for a perfect heart. A perfect heart. Then the question is, what is a perfect heart? I think during media camp, I explained what a perfect heart is. I don't have the time to go through it. But there's what we call a perfect heart. That man's actions might not be 100%, but his heart can be 100%. Perfect heart. One of the characteristics of a perfect heart is a perfect heart will never rejoice in iniquity. A perfect heart will never rejoice in iniquity. Perfect heart. This is where a lot of people get away with it. Some, you know, this is where some people that you think that this one is bad and God will punish him, he will get away with it. Because God is constantly on a search for a perfect heart because not many people have a perfect heart. David said, if I regard, I explained this during the week of prayers. I said, if, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He didn't say, if I do iniquity. He said, if I even regard it in my heart. Like someone who does a bad thing and uses a scripture to support it. He has regarded the iniquity, not just in his actions, in his heart. I had a story of a, a guy who wanted to do something with a girl. And the girl said, but we are Christians. She didn't do that. The guy said, no, Romans chapter... <laughs> the same Romans, though. Romans chapter 6 says, Saints are not have dominion. So even if we do, we are not have dominion. <laughs> Listen, this thing I'm not saying is not a fast story. <laughs> See, so people like to twist, so they have regarded iniquity in their It's not like they are trying to stop. You know, there are some people who are trying to stop and they are trying to stop, you know. But there are some, they are not trying to stop. They've been sent <laughs> as wolves in sheep clothing. Sent among the sheep to devour the sheep and use the sheep for barbecue. <laughs> Second set of people God is searching for. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? So, God asking this question means God is always in search of somebody to send. Those people are very scarce because everybody seeks his own. People to send. They are hard to find. God cannot send. That's of you, if God asks you, you know, if God asks you, move from your house, go three, three houses away from your house, you will meet a lady called Amma. Uh, or Atajwa. <laughs> you, 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 you begin to think about yourself like, ah, but I'm doing something. Oh, but I'm doing this. Oh, but I'm doing that. You are busy. You, God cannot send you to do anything. Your life is very miserable. God cannot send you. Some of you, God used to send you. Now he can't send you. I remember when I was very, very young, one day God said, move out of the house, you will win a soul today. So I moved out of the house, I was walking, looking around, and anyone I saw, I knew this is not a soul. So as I was walking, I was just looking, still looking for the soul. Still looking for the soul. I walked like from here to Legon Campus. I still haven't seen the soul. 
when I was tired and I was on my, my way back, I met a young lady. I said, you, you are my soul. <laughs> then she smiled. I sat down with her, preached, with her, preached to her. She spoke in tongues. She cried and cried and cried. When I was coming back, the kind of, the kind of uh, joy, you know, when I was going, I was just looking for the soul. You know, but the joy with which I came back, I didn't need a car. I didn't need I was just happy. God must be able to trust you enough to send you. So yesterday, when we, um, last week, when we talked about young and ready, we talked about the fact that God wants to use you even though you are young. God is always in search of people to send. Third set of people, John chapter 4. Verse 23. John before verse 23. He says, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. So the Father is also searching for true worshippers. So, the one he's searching for, a perfect heart. Two, he's searching for someone to send. Three, he's searching for a true worshiper. One who worships in spirit and in truth. Now, when we say worship, worship is not necessarily song. Otherwise, when Jesus was talking about this particular scripture, they should have been playing instruments. And so, you know, he should be playing to me and say, Samaritan woman, can you see? Can you see? This is true worship. True worship. No, no. True, you know, worship is a life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> worship is a life. You get it? Worship is a life. You see, your, your, your life should be a worship to God. Worship to God. Your life should be worship to God. And he says, the true worshiper is not the one who is worshiping crying. No, no. No, no. No, no. The true worshiper is one who worships in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. This is not my main topic, so I will not have the time to go through it. The true worshiper. The one who worships in spirit and in truth. So God is always seeking for a worshiper. The music, the, there's a music side of worship. Okay? There's a music side of worship. And worship is not slow music. Praises is not fast music. So, People will sing songs and say this. In one worship session, they will start singing. That correct worship. Then they will switch from there to Ephraim. 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 How did worship now become lamentation? You see. It's not, that's not worship. So people, immediately there's, there's that, those um, Kumasi strings come. Immediately they say, and, 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 and it's Kumasi strings. What's it? What's it? All you need, the password is just certain tongues. Hele kele me Then you know that. My God. You know that I set it for the day. You understand? So those are three people. Now the last person, the last set of people that God is looking for. And those are the people I want to talk about today. Ecclesia, um, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29. Wow. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29. Look at this. He said, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed a stranger wrongfully. Mm. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. That means things are outside their course. That things that are happening are not supposed to happen. And you know, that is one of the reasons for this particular Super Sunday. Anything that is not supposed to happen to a Christian will leave the, the person. Yeah, I'm telling you. There's going to be a lot of turnaround with evident testimonies. They have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Then verse 30. Look at God. He says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God says, I sought for a man among them to stand in the gap intercession. You see, when you say you want God to use you, this is one of the first places he will start. God, I want you to do something with me. They don't pay money to do this. If you say, God, I want to be a giver and money has not come. You can say that ah, God has not given him the money. If you say, God, I want... If, this one, they don't pay money to do it. If God says, go and preach, you say, no, I don't know how to talk. This one, they, nobody's auditioning you. He said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. What I'm sharing right now is so key and it is too important. This thing I'm sharing with you, it is so important that in your life and in your upbringing as a Christian, as a child of God, this is one of the key things that God will rate you on. Because you see, a lot of people have gone to hell because of this. He said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap, but I found none. A man to stand in the gap. Someone to, 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 to stand in the gap. Why, why does God do this? And I've explained to you over and over again, and sometimes because we have new people, I have to explain again. This earth was willed to man. So God does not just invade the earth. <laughs> Neither does the devil. Spirits don't have access on this earth except they find expression through a man. So every time you see any bad thing happening, no matter where it happens, there has been some sort of partnership with a man. Spirit has partnered with a man for it to happen on earth. So in the physical, what you see is that something wrong is is going on. There will be no need for witches if the devil can just sit where he is and do whatever he likes. He has the, the, um, recruiting witches is because the devil wants to find a partner. So those witches now serve as the intermediary between the negative side of evil in the spirit into the physical. The same with God. When God wants to do something, as you can see in the scripture, he says that, there was the, the stranger was oppressed wrongfully, the poor and the needy were oppressed. He says, Then I began to seek for a man to stand in the gap. I began to seek for a man to stand in the gap. He said, But I found none. But I found none. Some of you come to see me sometimes and say, Pastor, there's something going on in my family. There's this going on in my family. And what you don't realize is you don't, as it were, need prayers from me. You need to stand in the gap in the family. Because intercession, I remember when I got saved, it was one of my heartbeats. Till now, it's still my heartbeat. It was one of my heartbeats. I told you last week, I said, I went to look for all my exes and I preached to them. Because when, when you get saved, at True salvation, when it comes to you, you will start thinking of others. Because when you find that joy and peace in Christ, you will now start looking, oh, this person is not saved. Oh, this person is also not saved. You will want them to also be born again. So it will move you into a place of deep intercession. Now, anybody who criticizes and judges is not an intercessor. Because when you are a true intercessor, 
you cannot judge. You cannot criticize. Even if you were criticizing the person, the moment you start interceding, all those, the criticism will leave you. Because you will be filled with some new kind of love for the person. You are most miserable on earth if you don't have anyone praying for you. I tell you. <laughs> you, you know, some of you, yeah, I, I you've been to school and there, there are certain bad people that anytime there's suspension, they never go on suspension. Uh, do you know those people? Are you present? But someone would do just one wrong and he goes on suspension. Then this person is key, he keeps doing the bad thing, yet he never goes on suspension. Those people, most of the time, have people praying for them. Like me, when I was in SS. I am the orchestrator of the evil. Yet, I never went to suspension every time. Other people would just go, they would go on suspension. Ah, they would ask, what about this guy? You never go on any suspension. And I told them, I said they should face their cross because of me. <laughs> and I used to play about it, but it was the truth. Because every night, anytime I go home, I will hear my mother. She will be crying. She will be praying. She will be crying. She will be praying. See, I want to serve God. I want God to use me. This is where to start. Let me, let me show you something. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I want today's teaching to move you into action. I don't want you to just fill your notes with notes. Verse 37. Let's start from 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years. That means 84 years. Which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Her own serving God was fasting and prayers. Those people are pillars in the kingdom. You see, there are people like that. Their, their ministry is to pray and fast. There's, there's, a, there's a group, the prayer band. Anytime we are doing anything, they are praying. Service, they are praying. We've not had an encounter lab, they started praying. It is a, it's a kind of ministry. It's a, this woman, one, that was a ministry. Serving the Lord with fastings and prayers. This is how God selects people. There was this um, radio program many years ago that people call in, Pastor, I'm going through something. And I, I, I went uh, sleep by my father's radio. Does that doesn't mean I don't have anything to pray about. I had a lot to pray about. But I will lie down by my father's radio and people will call, Pastor, I've not been able to give birth. You know, Pastor, I've not been able to give birth. And then Pastor will say, okay, let's pray. Then all the people in the uh, studio will begin to pray. Like, oh, then me too. I'll be praying. I don't know the person from anywhere. I'll be praying. God give her child. God give her child. You see, this is the heart that shows that you are a Christian. But anytime you go before God, God my mother, God my father. You see, anytime you go before God, God me, God me, God me, God me. You are so selfish in your prayers. Like some people always pray for their boyfriend. God knows that it's not because you love the soul of your boyfriend. Yesterday I put something on my status. And it's a true story. A young lady who wanted to, she has been dating this Muslim guy for eight years. And now she's 30. The guy says, I want to marry you. She's now thinking, I'm confused. So I don't know whether to marry him or not. So when I post on my status, now people start, I said, I want people's suggestions. Now, I started hearing suggestions. That made me start asking questions. <laughs> Somebody said, said she should marry him and convert him. You are a thief. <laughs> How can you think like this? You know, as I'm saying this right now, some people don't know what's wrong with what I've just said. You know, some people don't know what is wrong with what I've just said. Somebody is busy praying for her boyfriend as I'm talking to you now. If I say, let's begin to pray, oh, Father, Koku, Koku. <laughs> As I'm talking to you now, somebody, I, I remember a young lady, she said, the, the, after the boy broke up with her, she said, 
I've prayed for his ministry. I pray for him. So what, you want to go and collect your prayers back? See, God, listen now, God does not, God does not answer such selfish prayers. If you are praying for him as another human person, another person who needs help, or because you are close to him or something, but when it now becomes like a selfish, do you understand what I'm trying to say? You don't pray for anybody, you don't pray for anything, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or fiancé or whatever. There's nothing wrong with it. But when, for example, you are dating somebody and the person is not saved and you are still dating the person, praying that the person should be saved, God knows you are not praying for the soul of them, but because maybe he's cheating and you want him to stop cheating. So you are now praying so that God will touch his heart. God doesn't run such errands. No, this message I'm preaching is like injection. I'm not coming for second service again. I'm not coming. No, 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 no. Is it wrong to pray for your boyfriend? No, don't miss the point. The point I'm trying to make is don't let it become, you know, another selfish arena. I have prayed for cousins before. I've prayed for brothers before. I'm on some prayers for some people very close to me. So it, that's not the point. The point is not, not praying for someone who's close to you. But the point is, as I have studied, you know, some people only, cannot pray for people who are not close to them. Always those who are close to them. This lady called Anna was serving the Lord with fastings and prayers. Fastings and prayers. intercessions. There are different kinds of prayers. Last week, last week, a young man came to see me here. And he said, he wants to make some suggestions to me. <laughs> I said, go ahead. He said, I should teach the people yeah, that when they pray, they should pray by faith. Okay. That's okay. He added some things and said, you know, it's not just about they pray and they go back and pray again and they go back and pray again. <laughs> this is basic knowledge in this church. It's I should teach them. And it's not like they go, when they pray, they must believe. <laughs> wow. What a message. And I told him something. I said, sometimes, for some prayers, when you pray, you must go back again. You can't teach faith than me. Doctor of faith. Not, not, listen, not faith that has been read in a book. And you can't find faith. Faith that I have proven. And when you're looking for the result of the faith, I can show you the faith. Some people have just gone to learn some pastor's quotes. Hey, faith is the acquired the desire of your empire. Uh, show us your faith. I can show you my faith. Yeah. I have, I have plenty of proof. You understand? So, when he said, I said, no, some of the prayers you must go back again. Bible says, praying always with all manner of prayer. I'll show you some Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. All manner of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. There are situations where you use prayer of faith. And you use prayer of faith when it is within your jurisdiction. For example, my own body. Once it has to do with my body, it's within my jurisdiction. I have to use prayer of faith. My business is within my jurisdiction. Except other laws come to play. You see, you have to understand that this thing plays by laws. If you use fork to eat garisso kings, you have wasted... You, you start today, you will finish eating. No, no, are you getting it? Gary Soki, then you're taking fork. You're, the law, you are using the wrong law. For Gary Soki, you have to use the, the, this one. The, the, the spoon that has depth. Say, so I'm going to drink lice soup. They brought you lice soup, then you are using fork. I 
Unless you are Chinese, you can use those chopsticks to drink soup. I wonder how they do it. They, no, I can't do it all. Sometimes, even when I go to a restaurant, they give me fucking knife. Sometimes. Sometimes when you go with a, a lady and you want to, you know, just take your fucking knife, you just be using it, you know. They've taught us in St. Peter's. We are gentlemen in that school. You know that? Be using it. But sometimes you just go and you will be fasting. You want to break your fast. You have no time for fucking knife. You know that? Please, you have a spoon. See, you need to use the appropriate law. What I'm saying, is it correct? You know that sometimes even the spoon is even wasting your time. I, I remember a, a, a cousin of mine came to our house. There was fufu easy, two spoon. I said, yeah. oh, come on, though. You're not ready to, to move forward in life. Once you are ready to move forward in life, you will see your hands are at work. I said, Second Timothy 2 verse 1. Sorry, 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. Sorry, 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. You have to use the appropriate law. I said, when the thing is within your jurisdiction, that's when you use prayer of faith. So, in the, so something is attacking your body. Say, in the name of Jesus, I cast out every spirit of migraine headache. It's within your jurisdiction. So that one, you, you can use the prayer of faith. And prayer of faith, you don't go back to the prayer of faith again. That's doubt. But there are certain times that you have to go again and again. And I'll show you. He said, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications is a type of prayer. Then he says, prayers. That is not one prayer. He said prayers. Then he said prayer. He says supplication. There's a type of prayer. Another name for supplication is petitions. One day I'll teach on, on that kind of prayer. And uh, when we do that kind of prayer. Then prayers. There are different kind of prayers. There's prophetic prayers. There's praise prayers. There's a, then intercessions. That's the one I'm talking about. Giving of thanks. Now I'm talking about intercessions. You see, there is a prayer called intercession. That one is a different kind of prayer. You don't say, uh, in the name of Jesus, I have interceded for this one. You know, this is people doing things like, um, Father, they say, I'm praying for my family. Father, I pray for my mother in Jesus' name. What is the what is the thing you are praying about? Father, I pray for my sister in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for my brother. Let everything go well for him in Jesus' name. No, that is not, if you want to really intercede and there's a problem, there's a way to do it. That's what you do. Intercessions. We use intercession to enforce the will of God. Jesus Christ said in the Lord's Prayer, He said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Why is He praying thy will be done on earth if His will has already been done? I mean, if God's will is a superior will that happens by itself, He wouldn't have to pray it. He said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means there are things happening in this world that is not God's will. Yes, it keeps happening and God cannot do anything about it until he finds someone who will pray. Because prayer is the, is the permission we give God. The same way a man will go to a fetish priest and the fetish will begin to make incantations first. Why is he making incantations? To invite partnership with that evil spirit to do something on earth. So the same way when you, you, you're praying, when you pray, you begin to invite the, another spirit component that comes and partners with you to do what you are doing. So that will be done. So we use intercession to enforce the will of God. What's the will of God concerning your mother? Your mother has been sick for 10 years. What's the will of God concerning your mother? God doesn't want your mother to be sick. God doesn't want that thing that happens in the family to get to you. So what you have to do is to stand in the gap. Because sometimes, even the preaching, they, they, when they have gotten to in, this, in the problem, it is too, it's too much. They can't even hear anything you are saying. They have suffered too much. So, th- those intercessions become necessary at that point. They become necessary at that point. We use intercession to enforce the will of God. Because the fact that God has said something doesn't mean it will come to pass. When God says it, one of the things you must do is now carry what God has said. It's like, it's like there's law in Ghana that people should not steal. And everybody knows that in Ghana, stealing is a problem. In Ghana, stealing is prohibited. In Ghana, it is not. So someone has come to steal your thing. Can you just say, in Ghana, it is prohibited. In Ghana, it is prohibited. He's going with your laptop. 
What do you do? You call the police. Because the police are there as law enforcement agency. To do what? To enforce what has been said in the law. So there are, there are weapons and media that are given to us, you understand, to enforce the will of God. So the fact that God has said that in your life as a Christian, everything is supposed to move well. Everything is not going to move well until you begin to enforce the will of God. So I'll give you some characteristics of intercession. The will of God, I wrote here, the will of God can be truncated without intercession. Cause of intercession. Number one, intercession is made for another man. You don't intercede for yourself. <laughs> Father, no, just I want to intercede for myself. <laughs> Number one, intercession is made for another, or made for a people, or made for a land. Made for a land. You can decide to intercede where do you live. You can decide to intercede for Typha. It is not a wasted prayer. When you begin to Pray like that in praying for people. You realize that the things you are not praying about are happening for you. 99%. I don't remember the last time I prayed for anything that has to do with me. 99% of my prayers are for people. And it didn't happen not because of my pastor. Way before, way before, way before I became a pastor. Way before. I just like to pray for people. And as I pray for people, I just realized that because whatsoever a man sows, that's what he will reap. When you pray for people, God will stir other people to be praying for you. Number one, it is made for another. Number two, intercession. It is made in labor. Intercessory prayer is not sweet. Keli beki basa. Go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Let me quickly show you something. It is made in labor. <laughs> Quickly. Galatians of verse 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. If you like, go home and go and try this thing. Look for somebody who has a problem. You are fine, no? As you are saying, you are fine. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is doing you. Go, go on your knees and say, Father, you no, know, Jesus, I want to pray for Sister Kuz. All of a sudden, a bedding will come and rest on you. Yeah. All of a sudden, a bedding will come and rest on you. Then you realize that a pine old born head. You know, as you are praying, you can easily quit. But let me tell you something about, about, about intercessory prayer. If you quit, it was better you didn't even start. You can't quit today. For, for a certain reason. And say, ah, then I'm not interceding again. No. no, no, you can't quit. It's like you're going to wake up a lion. You, you stood up, uh, you said, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> the, the lion stood up and said, I'm not doing it again. He said, ah, you're not doing it again. Say. No, you cannot quit. Intercession prayer, you cannot quit. When you start the prayer, the burden of the person comes to rest on you. So at that point, what has God found? God has found, a, because God wants to help Sister Akos. So God now partners with you. Okay, now let's do it together. You are on earth, I'm in the spirit. So begin the intercessory. Then you begin to intercede. God is with you. God is with, and the burden is on you. Your heart is heavy. You understand? Now, in the beginning, it will be like you're wasting your time. That is exactly, like I said, I travel in birth. It's like someone who is giving birth. The first push Looks like a foolish push because the baby doesn't come out. Even the second push. The push that brings about joy and gladness is the last push. But the last push also depended on the first push. So in the beginning, you were praying, come on, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. As we're praying, as we're pushing, as we're pushing in the spirit, as we're pushing the spirit, it looks like nothing is happening because intercession prayer is very hard. It is done in travail and labor. There's some of you, there's some of you, there are altars that are speaking against your family. And what will help you is intercessory prayer. For you to not carry the whole family. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my family. As you go on your knees that day. And also I'm going to pray for one minute. Intercessory prayer, there's no time. No, we don't use time and say that I pray for three hours. There's no, they don't, no regard for the number of hours you spent in their prayer. 
There's only one rule until it is done. Okay, Pastor, when will it be done? We all don't know. Now, when you want somebody to be saved, this is the prayer to pray. Now, that's, that's why I said, when you see someone who judges, he doesn't pray. He's judging, this person is bad, this person is good. This person, look, when I hang around people and I see that this person has a very terrible lifestyle. I know the problem is not to advise the person. I have to start interceding. I have to start interceding. God pays intercessors. People don't know. There are different points, but because of time, I'll just give a few. Third one is, it must be fervent. 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 Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Fervent. The fervent means it must be heated. This is how to get a result in intercessory prayer. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you? He's also another intercessor. He said, a servant of Christ saluted you, always laboring, remember the travail, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Now, this is the nature of intercessory prayer. It must be fervent. That means you must involve your emotions. Now, I'm not taking you to the science of intercession. Now, I mean science as in S-C-I-E-N-C-E. You know, when, when, when you begin to intercede, all right, you have to involve your emotions. That's not the kind of prayer you can pray and think about beings. As you are praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Antiochus. Then your mind is on Lemast at the mall. You understand? You can't do it like that. You can't. What you need to do is you need to gather your mind. Gather your emotion. You fix it on the person. It must be heated. It must be heated. And most of the time, you have to, you know, there has to be, no, energy flowing from you. You can't pray, Sebelebe, 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 Sebelebe. You have to be, yeah. You have to pray with deep convictions. Sebelebe. Selementebe. Intercession then, Sebelementebe. Then you go to the fridge, Sebelebe. You take milk, Sebelebe. Selementelebe. Sebelebe. Even all the angels know that this guy are not serious. Sengele. Sengele. Seyo. 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 Then you now sit down. Hembele. Hembele. You pick, you pick phone. Hello? Oh, next week, next week you'll see me. Antalobo, Antalobo. You see, you're not serious with the prayers. The next point, it must be offered in tears. This is one prayer, this one and prayer of supplication are the prayers that tears are allowed. Prayer of faith, tears are not allowed. Intercession, tears. It is a requirement. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 7. Hmm. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, the margin says supplications and intercessions, with strong crying and tears unto him. I was able to save him from. Now, in this particular one, two things happen. In this particular one, when it talks about strong crying and tears, other versions say loud crying and tears. You know what happens? Two things. Sometimes the Holy Ghost, because the Bible says that I, I, saw, I sought for a man to fill the gap. Sometimes the Holy Ghost himself will just come and rest on you to intercede. You have not planned to intercede. All of a sudden, a strong burden comes on you. Intercede for your pastor. A strong burden comes on you. Pray for your pastor. As long as it comes on you, pray for this friend. As long as then all of a sudden you are not fine until you start praying for him. Then you keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. But there's also another side. When God has not moved on you, but you want to also intercede, it must be done because it must be done with strong crying. What you have to do is you first of all, your mind is a great tool in that prayer. You have to fix your mind on the person's issue. Let me tell you a story. Many years ago. Brother Richmond used to live in an area. I think it was Latibia Koshi or so. Then, I think I've, I've shared this story with you before. Now, this lady in the area went to her hometown. When she went there, she met an idol at dawn. It's not like she met, he met the, the God 
of the of the of the, the land. Face to face, she was sweeping at dawn. Met the god face to face. When she met her, what started happening was her face started peeling off. You know how you can get wounded and there's a sore and it starts peeling. Yes, her face was full of sores. It's not small, small sores, full of sores, and it started coming off. That she's in so much pain when she begins to cry, it starts entering the sores. Real story, life story, 2011. I was a fellowship leader by then. So, Brother Richmond came and told me that different pastors have gone to pray for her. And she told her mother that Brother Enoch, at that time I was called Brother Enoch, Brother Enoch, anointed man, and you praise, this thing will be going up. So, I didn't know the gravity of the issue. Okay? I didn't know the gravity of the issue. So, I called three choristers. Of which my junior brother was one. He was on the left and Mark was on the left. We were going. And I said, when they get there, they should sing. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. When we got there, a certain woman was praying. Praying in God. New mama, New mama, New mama, New mama, When I saw the lady's face, my anointing vanished. Then they called me to pray. Now, look, look, we're praying intense. When I look at her face, I lifted my hand. I didn't want to go close. I lifted my hand like this. I lifted my hand. Great. They started singing. Even then, you could see their, their voice has changed. <laughs> hey. Look, the thing about praying. And, and, and praying for people and healing the sick is that when they are healed, you know. When it has happened, you know. When it has hit the ceiling, too, you know that it has hit the ceiling. <laughs> and I finished praying the prayer, I just like, pray and I'm coming. Yeah. So I told them, I told them, I said, Yeah, I've prayed. Just be ready. It's going to happen. I just left. But you know what? Deep sorrow. When I saw the case, deep sorrow. I thought now I can remember. I was in deep sorrow. I was in deep sorrow. Deep sorrow. I said, why? Why would she go through this? God, why? And I picked my shirt, went to the car park. Strong crying. I was wailing like a baby. I would pray in tongues. And, and the tongues are just few. I was a calabar. I was rolling on the floor. I was crying. Well, I'm showing some of you a key that will turn your family around. I cried. I was wailing. <laughs> I was wailing for, I was wailing on the floor. I was in, on the place for like three hours. I was crying. At the point, I want to speak in tongues. The tongues are not coming. I will cry. Tears will be coming out of my eyes. I will wail. I was saying, he made supplications and intercessions with strong crying and tears. Jesus. Jesus was making intercession for us with strong crying and tears. I was crying. Ah! I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. What happened? Around the third hour to the fourth hour, I saw angels deployed. I saw angels before. I felt angels deployed before I now saw angels deployed. Before, before I felt it. I felt it. I felt the anointing. And you know, when intercession hits its peak, something begins to happen. Boldness begins to fill you. I, I began to feel bored. Now I said, in the name of Jesus, you demon of darkness, because she met a, a demon. That means I have to Confront the demon. He said, you demon of darkness. I come on, take your hand off her now. Take your hand off I began to make declarations. Confront the demon. After the intercession at the end. The next day. The next day. The source dried up. The next day. Listen, brothers and sisters, we have strong weapons in our kingdom. You see, sometimes we are lazy. We have strong weapons in our kingdom. One lady over here came to tell me, she's here, she came to tell me that a fetish spirit wanted to take over her mother. You don't take those things lightly. When they finish that, they are coming for you. You will carry the person's picture. Carry the person's name. Go on your knees. That's the last thing I want to talk about. You have to consider a prayer position. You don't pray that prayer. 
crosses your leg on your bed. You are not serious. 